1: The Opinion Line on Quartz 96FM. Are you a friend of someone who's living with an eating disorder? Or are you someone who yourself lives with an eating disorder? How do you go about getting help for the person you love or getting help for yourself? How do you know whether you've got an eating disorder or not? Could you have one and not be diagnosed? I'm going to talk to... Jacqueline Campion, who's the host of a podcast called Calling It Out and is also a therapist uh, and also herself in recovery from uh, eating disorders. Uh, Although you don't want us to use the term eating disorder anymore, Jacqueline, you want us to change the word to, emo- to eating distress and that's where I'd like to start. Good morning.
2: Good morning PJ. Thank you so much for um, for having me on the show and giving us the opportunity to shed some light and spread some understanding so so i suppose myself i'm fully recovered and fully free from eating distress as well as working as a recovery coach at Marino therapy center it's not that we would say we don't want you to use the term eating disorder but i mean the last 30 years Marino therapy center has been specializing in working with people to free themselves so why we use the term eating distress more than eating disorders that we've never worked with anybody who is disordered you know if you a lot of the time um if anyone is experiencing distress around their body, or around food, the self-esteem and the self-confidence is not going to just be low, it's going to be in the minus. So it's not that someone is disordered, but there is a distress that's eating the person. And really, a lot of the time, as I said, another way that we'd refer to is that ultimately it's like a not good enough syndrome. Unfortunately, a lot of the time we eating distress or eating disorders, as people are maybe more familiar with, is the term, we get so focused on the food part of it. And we think that that's the problem that we can actually be missing um, really what's going on because the the food and the body and the behaviours that are taken out um, on the food and the body, they're not the problem, but they're the solution to an underlying issue. So we mm. wouldn't just solely focus on the behaviour, but we're getting curious about the thinking and the feeling and that person's relationship yeah. with themselves. It, it isn't a life sentence. It doesn't have to be. You can be fully recovered and fully free. And if there was one thing that your listeners took from today you know we'd be making moves and we'd be making shifts and um, in yeah. the bigger picture um, and
1: yeah. you also point out that eating disorder is is from the dsm which is a, a, a diagnostic book the international book of diagnostics to give it its, to give it its its commonplace term and you reckon it's too mm. medicalized like you know Distress. We all, we all suffer distress in our lives, and we all know that it's triggered by something. So, uh, it, 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 do you believe, Jacqueline? Or I, I'm picking it up right here because listen to a couple of episodes of your, of your, of your podcast. Let, let's let's call it and eat, eating distress. Is triggered by something. It didn't just happen. There's an underlying cause. Do you want us to take? Is that a learning you want us to take?
2: Um. That we would approach it a case of like, ah, uh, when when you're looking at kind of healing yourself from eating distress what we've experienced over the last 30 years of working with it is that asking why is like digging at the roots of a plant and that isn't growing how you want it to and when you're digging at the roots of a plant that isn't growing how you expect it to it can be really great for the researcher and you can kind of come to a hypothesis eventually but ultimately for the person who is it's not great for the plant ultimately so we wouldn't be so much asking why so with eating distress it is formed on a subconscious level there's a school of opinion that would refer to of it that is like a con a cancer of the mind. The mind is colonized by self-limiting and what we would call very conditioned beliefs and thoughts. So there's a lot of like, I can't, I'm not good enough. The language of someone suffering from eating and distress is going to be like a prison ward. It is like you're in a prison. It's like, I can't, have to, should, need to. So we wouldn't necessarily say that it's triggered by something or one thing, but it's often just even a reaction to our environment. It's a it's a really, it's, it can be a whole kind of list of different things. It's a multifaceted issue so there can be what we do know and we have still so much to learn about eating distress but what we do know is that most people if not everyone experiencing eating stress and everyone that I've worked with over the last 12 years experiencing eating distress are highly and super sensitive they're like satellites so we're they're absorbing things on a much deeper level and it's getting in without a filter so even listening to the news or what's been happening in the last two years where they're absorbing it on a much deeper level and that kind of it can create a lot of different like uncomfortable feelings it can create a lot of as I said the conditioned thinking can't have to should need to I'm not good enough or I'll be good enough when and then all that thoughts every thought that we have creates a different chemical reaction happening in the body so we want to be learning the language of freedom and more what we can do about it so I wouldn't say it's a it's a little bit more complex and it's just triggered by one thing and we're very much so when you have self harming behaviors okay this is where we are what can we do about it Mm -hmm. because the full freedom is possible
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let let's talk let's talk about getting out of this mess rather than what has got 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 us into it as as it were. In 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 my own personal circle, one individual whom I know well had been to mm-hmm. rehab for alcohol abuse quite a number of times mm-hmm. But the penny finally mm-hmm. dropped when one of their therapists said, Actually, I think your problem isn't alcohol at all. I think mm-hmm. your problem is and what you would now call eating distress and a penny mm. dropped, and that person has neither touched a drink or been anywhere like a, near a drink since, and their life is back on track big time because they went and got treatment for the right thing.
2: Well... And I'm so that's incredible, you know. And it's so lovely to even hear that because that's why it's not just the, we don't we've enough awareness at this stage. It's actually understanding that we need. And because it's quite a complex issue, we're often dealing with um, people who are not just. It's not just the behaviours. A lot of the time it's even hidden around drugs, alcohol, especially with men as well. It can yeah. there can be so much shame around actually saying okay, it's eating distress. It can sometimes be more comfortable to say this is depression or this is alcohol or this is drug dependency, and that's exactly. It about even the more we're understanding that there's a stress, the distress that's eating the person. That actually, when you go, there is a place for diagnostics. I will say that you know it's it's just about not attaching to the diagnosis too much and just being wary that is my identity wrapped up in my diagnosis. You know, so that's why we wouldn't use the language of like I'm anorexic or I'm a binger or I'm an exercise addict or I'm a bulimic. It's actually like okay, I'm Jacqueline who is experiencing a distress you know, as opposed to I am disordered because as I said I've not met anybody yet that I've been working with that is disordered sure. but it's so important like you said looking more at the thinking and the feeling and not getting too focused on the behaviours, on the weight on the size, weight is not recovery and so many of us are not getting these diagnoses because we don't, uh, this is one of the most challenging things with eating stress is that many of us because we don't feel good enough we don't feel sick enough, we don't feel worthy of the support, we feel like somebody else would be better taking up that time and that resource so it's actually so challenging to say like okay I actually don't feel like I'm sick enough to go to get the help so it's just so important that if you are relating to a lot of not good enough in your thinking not too much kind of focusing on am I sick enough kind of going okay, well, I'm actually finding things challenging. I deserve support and I deserve help. You know, we know that you're good enough and you're worthy because you, because you were born. You know, so it just gets conditioned as we go through in our life sometimes about the, what is good enough.
1: There's so. an inner voice, isn't there, sometimes, too, Jacqueline, that is telling you, yeah. oh, no, oh, God, no, no one's interested in your problems. Get on with yourself. Mm. That little voice totally. is a horrible little voice.
2: Absolutely, and I would refer to that voice, and I would—I personally refer to it as like it's like a dictator in your mind. Because as I said, it's like your subconscious mind; you're not even aware of it. Like your work, like you know, the last on uh, myself in the last twelve years, have been working with highly, highly intelligent and creative people, and the behaviors they would be so ashamed to even share. And not my for my own personal journey as well, you know, I wouldn't be kind of shouting from the rooftops what I used to get up to in terms of, you know, it, behaviors and things like that. But it's like it's like a terrorism. Terrorism is a high intelligence hijacked by fear so when you're feeling unsafe when you're feeling kind of insecure it's that kind of the dictator it's like a toxic relationship within the mind so you there's like an abuser in the mind and it's just about even navigating i would often say like i kind of bring it down to like awareness acceptance and action so even to bring awareness to that regime in the mind that's quite a courageous and brave thing to do because it can be quite scary do you know dictators are only so powerful because of their followers so if you want to take down a regime. We're educating the people. And that's why when you're working with people eating the stress, you're teaching them about even, you know, their own values. For so long, there's such a gray area. You think you're the disorder. You think you're the ED. You think your behaviors, you're not your thoughts. You're not your behaviors. You're the awareness and the observer. You know, who am I? You know, who is Jacqueline? Who is PJ? What are my values? What's important to me? Because There's the conditioned values and there's those fear-based values of how we should be living, what does success, especially in Western society, what we should be doing. And you look at our society at the moment, it's very challenging for, you know, current generations to tick the box. You know, we can't, it's, you know, finding a challenge with jobs or getting housing or getting a home. So we're getting a message of saying, I must be doing something wrong here because I'm failing. I I should be doing X, Mm. Y, and Z. So it's bringing awareness to all that conditioning.
1: And that also fuels the fire doesn't it, it fuels the problem Jacqueline let me take a commercial break if you wouldn't mind and I want to talk a little bit about the people that you're seeing in your clinics and in treatment at the moment and the changes that have come about in the last couple of years I'm talking to Jacqueline Campion who is an eating disorders therapist or eating distress therapist and herself recovered from eating distress, she's based at the Merino Therapy Centre, I want to speak to you about the, the things that you're seeing and maybe particularly with the The pandemic in mind. I think a huge increase in young people now coming forward in trouble and needing help.
2: Yeah definitely i mean there's there's a couple of different sides to what we're seeing and i suppose the first thing that stands out is definitely you know the the level of fear and uncertainty was definitely a catalyst now it didn't cause co- i wouldn't say it has enough power to cause an eating distress we've definitely seen much um younger people and um, with much more aggravated behaviors very quickly and um, so that's definitely one thing that we've seen which is such a scary place to be and one thing i'd say it's one thing as a, as someone as person experiences, but to to watch somebody experience that as a parent. And unfortunately, uh, the automatic thing as a parent that we often see is that they're often blaming themselves. So we've seen a huge aggravation in terms of okay younger people but which sounds awful in one way but as someone who started their recovery you know in their kind of early teenage years it's something actually that I'm quite grateful in the long run the other side that we've definitely seen as well is that people with emotional overeating so that DSM-5 diagnostic manual that you spoke about earlier on that would often label behavior so for example it's in as binge eating we would use the term emotional overeating because you know labeling someone as, as, as a binge or binge eating it doesn't sit with everybody but everybody's kind of different that language might suit some people, but the emotional overeating that's one of the behaviors that often is carrying the most shame and is often not taken seriously. Yeah. That we often hear about the terminology around anorexia or bulimia, but really the kind of exercise addiction as well is a huge issue, but it's often celebrated in our society.
0: Ready to pop the question?
2: So it can be quite challenging to seek help. But then with emotional overeating, we've definitely seen more people come forward, which, again, sounds quite negative. But from our experience, it's wonderful to see people actually say, Do you know what, this is enough now. And that's one thing about it. in one way. Yes, we've seen a huge influx or a huge increase in, in inquiries and working with people but it's still people even accessing the services. Yeah. So we have seen some people throughout the lockdown really say, do you know what, it's time now life, people kind of had a moment to sit and reflect a little bit and say, right, it's time to actually look at healing the relationship with myself because ultimately our relationship with food and the body is ultimately very much so just the relationship with ourselves. You know, it's not the problem, but mm. it's a solution to something else. So we definitely have seen shifts, but I've seen people do in incredible things over the last two years and yeah. kind of really kind of going right it's time now to, to focus on the full freedom.
1: The, the, the emotional eating side of it uh, and I suppose yeah. in, in lockdown and we spoke to people mm-hmm. here on the program who, who were worried about that during lockdown mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that they're coming forward and putting out the hand to seek help, that surely Jacqueline can only be seen as a positive before, before the bully as you call it gets control
2: Yeah totally because you think about even how much like when we get an email or a phone call or i get a message from somebody there is no underestimating how long that has taken or how long someone is waiting to make that contact the level of courage and shame that that takes and the bravery shame can't live in the spoken word and unfortunately we live in a society that carries a lot of weight stigma and it can be often seen as just kind of like you know with in terms of even emotional overeating eat less move more and there's a huge problem Pressure and there's a lot of, as I said, there's a lot of stigma in some of our messaging and some of our programs. And it's actually, say, just, actually, it jumping in
1: across you there, the eat less, move yeah. more thing. I mean, that I've always said, God, if it was only mm. that simple.
2: Absolutely and it's the same with dieting you know there's great movements happening but if there was one diet out there that was as effective as, as it claims to be in its marketing campaign then surely everybody would have been doing it years ago yeah. like it's like the fashion industry the trends change and we're making it's a multi-billion industry that makes a lot of profit mostly on people's insecurities and not feeling good enough so it's so important that people understand you are not your behaviors if you're noticing that there are maybe destructive behaviors or you're giving the body more or less of what it needs or you feel pressure to move or you're even the opposite side where you're sometimes there's such pressure to actually exercise as I said that's quite challenging to actually work with or not work with but actually for people to come forward because it's so celebrated but if you understand you're not your behaviors then we can actually start get learning more about what recovery is about recovery as I said it's not about just stopping the you know these behaviors around food the recovery and the freedom is really as I said it's about learning who we are learning how to live life you know what does freedom look like Look like, for me, what if there was no rules, and what are my expectations of myself? Because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves we don 't often even realize it we get so much messaging that like what we should be doing work personal life relationships body bettering ourselves society there's so much pr- we've never had so many self-help books <laughs> but what i can see with work with people is that this like to be honest with you when i started the call it out podcast i said janie do we need another podcast but look if it's probably more for me than anybody else it was it was a platform where i would can say like look this is what recovery and freedom is and um, from my experience personally and professionally but there's so many podcasts but what about even the implementation if you're reading something, if you're listening to something and there's so much information, and there's so many free resources as well. How could I apply that? Two questions every time you're listening or reading something. What did I learn? Even if someone's listening to this conversation today, mm. what did I take from that conversation um, with PJ today? And how could I apply it to where I am? Keep it simple. The bully in your head and the conditioned thinking and the self limiting beliefs is very chaotic and very kind of complicated thinking. Freedom and recovery is about even learning to keep it simple, learning to trust ourselves, learning to nourish with our body her body is so intelligent it needs to be having every two to three thousand chemical reactions every single day over 30 you know trillion cells in our body and all they care about is you but we have Fitbits, and we're counting calories imagine you were in a relationship and you were checking how your partner was so you looked at your 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 watch or your iphone or your android Hmm. We've lost the, how to how to communicate, and that body-mind connection is something that we work with, the relationship with our body. It's like couples counseling with the body, and it can be a bit awkward, and it can be a little bit uncomfortable, yeah. but it gets easier. That's I, so important. Whatever I,
1: you I had a friend who, whose almost catchphrase in life was, I know my body very well. It'll tell me when something's wrong, and I'll do something yeah. about it. And I thought, there's, there's a person who's really, really grounded. It's good to see more people coming forward, though, isn't it, Jacqueline?
2: I absolutely think so. As I said, it sounds like a lot of the time the media can spin that and say, but I actually think it's wonderful. I've seen so much courage and bravery and people really stepping up to say, it's it's time now. Because the, the, the last few years people said, do you know what, My the, A lot of the people even through lockdowns realised that there's not much difference in my life. Because when you are actually in a toxic relationship like that with your mind, with the body, with food, your life is very small. And the smaller our life, the bigger we feel. And we feel, when I talk about Bigger. I'm talking about we feel heavier. And then we get all this unhelpful messages, and we have, you know, taxpayers kind of campaign saying, like it wasn't long ago where they were giving out free measuring tapes in in pharmacies, kind of saying, make sure you're not this. The fear even that we're putting in people and the shame of saying, make sure that there's you know the, the task force and obesity. People were terrified to actually, you know, they need to be counted everything. So it is so wonderful to see people say, do you know what, there's something up here and I can go and I can get the help and make sure that it's about not learning to live with it, but whoever you're contacting with to work with, because it's very much working with people. Mm. Not like, you know, sitting on a throne telling someone what to do all the time. It's mentoring and it's coaching and it's and it's working with the person Men- but can I can I, I venture to ask
1: you can I venture to ask mm. you what you think about <laughs> programs like Operation Transformation, for example?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think very little of them, you know, and in one way I think a lot about them. To put it very simply, we've got to get very curious about the messaging and unfortunately what's happening now um, is that there is, there's, you know, there's a, there's a huge campaign in End Diet Culture Ireland and Intuitive Eating Ireland. They're making huge movements to actually kind of call out what po- problematic messaging is there. But unfortunately now it makes a lot of money. There's only, re- only just today I saw a clip actually of the encouraging of weighing chocolate before we're eating it. These are actually very unhelpful behaviours. We are encouraging people to monitor, to count, and to actually weigh themselves, and then we grade one another and tell each other how well we're doing. I'm not, is it, and that's so, for, from my personal experiences, from the beginning of the airing of that show and when they were bringing it into schools, and I have many clients that they were in class and was being brought in. I have not seen that program or the messages that it promotes to be helpful long term because okay. the, the sole focus on the weight loss is, is problematic in so many areas. And it's we want to get curious about the messages that we're getting. Are we better at a certain size? Weight is not health. Your health is in your blood tests. The science will tell us that. Yeah. And and that's so important to actually check the blood test. So from my experiences with working with people, even professionally, you know, um, it's it's incredibly problematic on so many yeah. different levels. Okay. It's a reflection on society as well because I don't think it would be continued to be aired if people weren't watching it. But it is yeah. about educating viewers yeah. to say, does this make me feel heavier or light? And are there actually tools? It's dieting. It's glorified dieting. It's glorified restriction yeah. and that's encouraging people not to nourish with their body or trust their bodies. It's learning to trust their bodies, not other people and gadgets.
1: Let me come back briefly before we finish, Jacqueline, Too, and I must say, I love your use of the word, the bully, okay? Uh, And in your uh, podcast episodes, I heard you use it. I have a reason for it. Um, I have spoken over the years with people who who have chronic depression in their lives, emotional Mm -hmm. distress, and they talk about a black dog, or, or as a friend of mine does, mm-hmm. talks about the number nine bus. Uh, and mm-hmm. the number nine bus is always running through their lives. And it's a question of, do. The, here's an analogy. They hear it coming, and they can take action to get out of the way. But sometimes mm-hmm. they don't hear it coming, and it flattens them. The dog, they can hear growling. And when they hear the dog growling, they know what to do. The bully, bullies start off very quiet and very subtle. So you can, t- can you mm. teach yourself to hear the bully and identify the yeah. bully?
2: absolutely and the way so i'd refer to even the bully as as like the condition okay so it's like the conditioned voices those conditioned beliefs and it's as i said i like to keep it down to kind of awareness acceptance action bring an awareness to the thinking recognizing how's my self-talk how's my language exactly like you said actually noticing these things and ultimately you know th- thoughts are like people you know um someone who i i quite admire own cave had said this i trained him before and he said thoughts are like people if you ignore them for long enough they go away Mm -hmm. so conditioned thinking and bully like thoughts it's like someone who's at a party who's really annoying you and irritating you. you keep talking about how annoying and irritating they are but it's actually like shifting the focus what else could I focus on? You know, actually sitting down and writing. What do I actually like about myself? What do I value about myself? You know, simple things like even compliment notebooks. We're very good at actually, we could be remembering insults back from 2001, but trying to think of even a compliment or something, you know, pleasant that someone has shared with you in that day mm. because the, the the brain isn't even trained to do that. So there's so many simple ways. And exactly like you said, the black dog, and it's about melting the condition, educating ourselves who we are, mm. which is ultimately who we aren't. Separate the condition from the person, yeah. and building up that person with that strength and resilience, so they can actually have the courage to say, do "You know what? I'm divorcing this toxic relationship. I'm not listening to you anymore." Yeah, I can sure. hear what you're saying, but I'm not but, listening. But
1: I'm, I'm not part of this conversation. Before I before I let you no. go, Jacqueline, uh, here we go. Just listening, to Jacqueline, on with PJ Coogan. I've spent many years attending therapists in the Marino Therapy Centre, travelling by train from Cork every week to get help. It really helped me, and I have a huge awareness of the voice of the eating disorder. Unfortunately, I relapsed eighteen months ago. That voice is very strong, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. The founder of the centre, Marie Campion, is an amazing lady and a great advocate for eating distress. Keep up the amazing work. So, you're helping people. That obviously, that person is no. in a bit of a difficult spot at the moment, but would have every confidence of mm-hmm. getting getting back on the uh, on the horse, as it were. Jacqueline, it's been a pleasure to speak with mm-hmm. you. You have a, an Instagram as well as the podcast, which is which is calling it out. You have an Instagram too.
2: Yeah, so the Instagram page is at Marino T C. We're holding groups every week, every Tuesday. They're still online. You don't have to turn your camera on or share. You can just come along and learn from other people who are recovering. The podcast is there. There's three seasons of how you can actually be healing and freeing yourself from eating distress. Wherever you get your podcast, calling it out. There is hope, there's always a solution and you're definitely worthy of the support. So okay. just keeping that in mind. We
1: we'll spent a bit longer with it than we had intended to, but well worth the time. Thank you so much. That's Jacqueline Campion. From Marino Therapy Center, Quartz ninety six FM.
0: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like
2: cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more.
0: With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.